Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, PHX Cardinals family, Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable, looking a little disgruntled already. I mean, it's a Monday. What's up, Chris? What's up, Anthony? What's up, Chase and Dylan in the chat already? Lighten it up. Excited to be with you, and uh, I think we were excited to be with you, of course. Johnny, what's going on, my man? Yeah, I turned my hat backwards for the segment because this is serious. Uh, everybody here, <laughs> 32 and counting and growing everybody here gets a voice on this podcast this podcast is driven by all of you which means no topic is left uncovered nobody gets dismissed for their opinion on something right so when i see people freak out on social media for at least suggesting that jonathan taylor could be a fit for the arizona cardinals everybody's freaking out right like (laughs) this season's a waste they would never do that we're gonna have this conversation whether people like it or not right? Because it's an out of respect for the process, right? And again, I tweeted it out. Our mentions, my people want to talk about Jonathan Taylor. So I, I, I want to spend five minutes here, Bo Brock, opening the show with you, my co-host, having an honest conversation about Jonathan Taylor. That that doesn't mean at the end of the show, mm-hmm. PHNX Cardinals is going to be the ambassador. Let's trade five first round picks for Jonathan Taylor. But I, I think it's disrespectful to our audience to completely dismiss it. So let's two grown adult men here yeah. sit back. I've got my pumpkin porter ready to go. Whoa. Brought to you by our friends. Hey, it's the last one I have. It's I cracked it open <laughs> out of my reserves to talk about JT to AZ. So um, I'm going to let you start. The okay. floor is yours as to your opinion on Jonathan Taylor and his availability, potentially Arizona. Well, let me first apologize that the Twitter mom came after this show how dare we talk about the, the biggest we trending story it. in the we NFL? How dare we that oh the 31 goodness. other teams and their fan bases respectfully are going to at least inquire to their reporters, insiders, hey, does my team have interest in it? How dare we speculate? How dare we have that conversation? And, you know, to piggyback on that, people are, are putting too many things as far as what are put on the Twitter streets and put in yeah. show previews and teases, as we call them here in the biz, not to, to kind of take you too far behind the belt. Rope, but they're putting that the tweets too much on a, on a pedestal, okay? Yeah. Like, we could very much say, should the Cardinals, should they inquire about Jonathan Taylor? No, idiot, they're rebuilding. No, shut up, idiot. Get out of here, idiot. But we're not just going to completely just omit it from the show. It's one of the biggest topics going on right now in the NFL, and we're going to cover that just like we covered everything regarding this team. This is the definitive Arizona Cardinals podcast. You don't want to, uh, 
miss out on anything we're going to be breaking down. So, okay, Jonathan Taylor, it's been a saga. It's a bit uh, been dramatic and indie. That's been a just a hot fi- fire mess as far as a dumpster goes in, in indie since, you know, they fired Frank Reich back in the season last year. They brought in Jeff Saturday off the streets to come in and be their interim coach. And then they, they have one of the most – wild chaotic coaching searches we've ever seen. And we're saying that from Arizona. Uh, and then they land, land on, a, I think a pretty solid candidate in Shane Steichen. And he's, he's pretty well equipped to, to take on a young quarterback like Anthony Richardson. So some positives and still, you know, a ton of negatives as far as Indy. And one of those is, you know, their franchise running back in a, in a contract year, uh, you're removed from 1800 yards rushing on the ground, just being a fantasy football darling kind of going through an ankle injury last year he uh he he there's reports he wants out of indy and you know he's he's rarely seen as far as training camp and the preseason goes and then multiple reports today johnny say that jonathan taylor has been given permission by the indianapolis colts to seek a trade get out now, right that obviously comes with you know what indy would accept as fair trade they're not just going to give jonathan taylor away even if he it's like jonathan taylor and his representation go oh hey uh all 31 other teams are interested in Jonathan Taylor's services. That's no shock to anybody, right? The Cardinals uh, would welcome him onto their team. Right. Like people who are like, they don't want him. Of course they would want him. If he was right. available to them, you could have him. They would take him, and he would be immediately become one of their best offensive players. Go ahead, Bo. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're – I mean, just setting it up. And, and then, yeah, let's have the conversation. It might not – probably not going to be a long one because the way I view it, Jonathan Taylor would take – draft capital to acquire you would think a guy with at his status at his age you know probably and especially at a running back and playing the running back position you wouldn't want to utilize a first round pick on a running back i don't i don't i don't view monty austin ford as one of those guys using it even in the first round on a running back why would he trade that asset for a running back but it's it's going to take you know draft capital and then it's also going to take a large multi-year extension with a lot of guaranteed dollars that aren't being spent on the running back position. And look, if, if Jonathan Taylor was, 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 if if he was locked up and he was, he was kind of on a Christian McCaffrey type deal. Sure. Right. And the Arizona Cardinals were in a similar situation as the San Francisco 49ers last year. I'm saying, I'd say go crazy, go, go for it. But right now, the Arizona Cardinals are at the beginning of a rebuild. They're not in the middle of it. They're not on their way. They're in the in the very beginning of a rebuild, and it just doesn't make sense. I mean, the only way it would make sense is, hey, quarterback country, who gives a shit? Uh, they're just going to run the football 40 times a game with James Conner and, and John. Yeah, they might Taylor. do that. And, and yeah, they, they might do that with Deontay Ingram and, and exactly. James Conner. But, no, your yeah. points are all valid, and I feel like most of the people that, that – are non-pro this move or not pro Jonathan Taylor Arizona are bringing up the points they, that my co-host is making. And I think that that's the right mindset. However, I think it's ridiculous to dismiss the fact that I pointed out that Jonathan Gannon was there when JT was drafted in Indianapolis. Who did they sign when they needed a backup to James Conner? Now, albeit to a modest contract, oh, the starter in Indianapolis in 2020, that was Marlon Mack. JJ, I love Marlon. I love Marlon Mack in Indianapolis. We had to get him here, right? He was going to be RB two here, and then he blew out his his Achilles, and that was really unfortunate. And and so they have a, a glaring opening here. But I, to your point, Bo, it, it would be beyond this year. It would be draft capital compensation. But for everybody who's like, well, the Cardinals aren't going to build that way. I, like I want to believe that. You don't know that though. 
pointed this out on Twitter. The three people that are running this franchise and the offense in particular, let's put Nick Rallis off to the side for a second. Monty mm-hmm. Austin Ford came from an organization in New England that used an early pick on Sony Michelle and then came from a place in Tennessee, which their entire culture is built around Derrick Henry, who went in the second round, who got paid a premium. Well, what about Drew Petzing? I don't know. They had more money invested in their backfield than any other team in the NFL between Nick Chubb, who was a top 40 pick, Kareem Hunt, who got a nice contract, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's this offense. They're trying to emulate that. And James Conner is probably a year away from not being with this team anymore. He's almost 30 years old. It's too much guaranteed money. I think we all can assume this backfield, what it looks like this year, is not going to look like this in 2024. And then lastly, Jonathan Gannon at least was in Indianapolis and Philadelphia, both run-dominant teams. Miles Sander, the Eagles just traded for Deontay, Devontae Swift. or the, the, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre yeah. Swift, right? Of course, JT was there in Indianapolis. Like the, the DNA of this team, of this culture, is running the football. Now, should they have gone out and gotten a Tank Bigsby in the third round, or should they invest in a top 100 pick? That's, that's what they're probably going to do. But right. I think, first of all, the first-round pick request is – complete bs because if you remember once upon a time this franchise this one asked for a first round pick for deandre (laughs) hopkins and then they cut his ass after june 1st okay so put that away for a second if they if they are dead set on dealing him it comes down to okay the cardinals have 11 picks right they have another back that could return they've got players that were not drafted by this regime they could jet set Isaiah Simmons, Rondell Moore, you could open up the depth chart and just say, what do you want? What are you interested in? They've got three third rounders. He's 24 years old. This last point I'm going to make. It's the exact same age. The Buffalo Bills traded Marshawn Lynch to to Seattle when everybody thought Seattle was effing terrible. What's Seattle Mm -hmm. doing? Midseason, they got Marshawn Lynch. It changed the trajectory of the franchise. I'm not saying I would make the move. But like to not even have a conversation about it is a is a joke. He he had 1,800 yards, 5.5 yards per carry, and 18 touchdowns as a 22 year old. He was a generational type back. If you get him in Arizona for a mid round pick, it's not my money. I don't care about the money, right? It's going to be look at the 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 roster implications for this team and the cap money that they're going to have. Would you rather spend I don't know 10 to 12 million on Jonathan Taylor per year? Go look at the free agency pool next spring, right? There's not too many people I would rather pay than Jonathan Taylor. This team's going to have $100 million in cap space. Just Everybody just needs to take a deep breath and say, it's to, to just completely dismiss it is disrespectful. It's just absolutely disrespectful. I know everybody's dead set on Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., me included with the latter, but he's 24. He's an ascending yeah. player, hopefully if he's healthy. So, well, I, I That's a question mark, too. Yeah, it's a question mark too. I mean, coming off, I mean, it, it wasn't like uh, he he had a wrist injury or it was it was something upper body. I mean, it was it was his ankle, and, and that's concerning. And and anytime you have a season like he did, like obviously it's a positive, and, and you see the playmaking, eighteen hundred yards, close to four hundred yeah. yards receiving. You know, uh, was it twenty touchdowns? Unbelievable year uh, in twenty twenty one. But you know that mileage, it sometimes it. I mean, look at David Johnson. It was it. It was one and done. Like yeah. this, the shelf life of a, of a NFL running back is sh- so short. So it brings me my point. Like, I think with the 11 picks, six in the top three rounds coming up, your own picks, Texans, go find the next Jonathan Taylor. I know that's easier said than done, but as far as the running back position goes, the hit rate is a lot higher than say a quarterback or even wide receivers. Like you can find a playmaker and it's a pretty deep class. Yeah. Like go get a guy, you get him for four years on the cheap and you get 
pretty pretty close. You can find playmaking pretty damn close. Hell, I mean, like the Colts, I I, I think they really liked Taylor as a prospect, but they yeah. had Mac in house. Like that that's just good franchises do that. Second, third rounds, those are the money rounds. Even fourth rounds, you can find them undrafted. You, you don't have to spend a lot of money or in a lot of high draft picks or any draft pick capital for that matter in a trade to go out there and, and really bolster your, your running back room. The draft pick to me is irrelevant because it's not going to be an early pick. It would be a mid to late round pick. Maybe you throw in a player. It's all about the money you'd have to commit. And anybody who wants to make that argument, I'm, I'm ready to listen to that. That's the most legitimate rationale argument to to the counterpoint of why you should trade for him you cannot pay running backs big money but typically you're having those conversations when guys are 27 28 years old right it's that third contract potentially typically i mean he's he's played three nfl seasons like i don't know i feel like there's a a semi-decent chance like you're gonna get at least three more seasons of him is that worth a 2024 third rounder if he's a top five back in the nfl all i know is i watch this team in a preseason game against the Denver Broncos, and they didn't have James Conner and Keontae Ingram. They couldn't run for shit between the tackles. Everybody was missing holes, right? James Conner's 28. Keontae Ingram's unproven, right? It just it, this offense is going. If if this was Cliff Kingsbury, it wouldn't even be a, a, a conversation worth having. I agree with that. But the fact that this offense is so run dominant and run, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't even know how to say it like. You're so dependent on a running back to be successful. Mm -hmm. And the best one or potentially one of the best ones in the NFL is available. And you could get him on a discount. Think about what the Colts paid for it and what you potentially would get. And he's a year removed from 1,800 yards and 15 touchdowns. It's just like, look at what Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb did in Cleveland. And think about that with Kyler Murray's ability and Paris Johnson Jr. You've got two top 10 picks next year. You could go get Joel, who's six. 6'10", 7 foot from Notre Dame, and you could, be, you could become a bully in your own <laughs> How tall is he? He's he playing in the post in the NBA? Six, Did you just say he's 7 eight, feet? My eight. God. He's 6'8". We looked up his, I looked up his draft profile earlier today, but I don't know. It just, it's worth having, and I want to be respectful to all the people who wanted to have the conversation. So we've had the conversation. Would I do it tomorrow? Probably not. But I think that you connect the dots with this team, and there are some... Topics of conversation that are yeah. worth having. I mean, this is why we have the most uh, impressive viewers, listeners uh, of any podcast, uh, any NFL fan community of all. I mean, yeah. Jalen Blair saying, I'd rather go out there and get Rocket Sanders from from Arkansas. Uh, we've got our guy in the chat, uh, Nick. He agrees with me. You got two running backs from Michigan alone. It's, it's a tasty crop of running backs we're going to hit it every tuesday during the regular season we are going to preview in our college football preview show uh you know some of these backs i mean trayvon henderson from ohio state continue to pluck talent from columbus please uh you got rocket sanders arkansas braylon allen from wisconsin another just like jonathan taylor uh another guy poised to to start at the at the NFL level, just like, you know, Melvin Gordon. And like, I think Gordon is one of the cautionary tales. Like so many, it's like Mm -hmm. you get that mileage up and it seems like then the production just falls off a cliff. That's why I'm hesitant to give up anything of value and then sink guaranteed dollars. I would just much rather this team and and see what, what, what Monty Austin Fort and his scouting department are made of this upcoming draft. Find, find the running back of the future because what, what does it do? I mean, in the interim, 
Like, what is it? You add Jonathan Taylor to this roster going into twenty twenty three. I think it's become a hell of a lot more fun this year. Oh, you like, I, fun, I think, but I is think it people? I mean, I saw a comment earlier. This ignites the fan base. People, you start selling his jersey. People get fired up. You just think you have, that that's? I, I I think that that's just a move. You don't. Smart franchises don't make that move. They don't. They don't do it in the time. name of fun. And, and like, I'm all for fun. Absolutely. Fun. If they, no, 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 no. If they you did, fun. we all I know mean, you. I'm, I'm on an emergency podcast tomorrow, and I'm I'm screaming the praises of Monty Austin for it, and you know I'm I'm excited so and whatever ta- uh, Jersey uh, Taylor gets. Fraudulent? Is that what you're telling us? No. No. I I agree with you. Listen, would it change the trajectory of this franchise for this year? Probably not. But I think you start to build the foundation of what the Cardinals maybe want to be, and that's a bully team that wants to run the football. And like, I love the draft. Right, this franchise has drafted a hundred, hundreds of backs, and about ninety-nine out of a hundred, say for David Johnson, have not been very good. Yeah. Even teams like Kansas City take a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire; he's a bust, right? Like, I, I think we we need to dispel the notion that well, if they take a back, they're going to be productive no matter what. I have immense faith in this organization now and how they draft, given this rookie class. But I mean, I also think it's it would speak to. If what Monty Ford has done this offseason with Dave Sears, it would speak to to how much they think of Jonathan Taylor. If they went out and did something like this, they would view Jonathan Taylor. Like Ford probably had like a top three grade on Jonathan Taylor. He was in a division with Jonathan Taylor. So he would know him better than anybody else. So I, I they they worked out three or four running backs and use their precious top 30 draft visits. So what that means is you only get 30 draft visits after the combine where you can have one-on-one time with a player. Mm-hmm. And, and typically those are the players that you're going to draft or you're going to target, right? The Cardinals did tank Bigsby. They did a couple other guys. They were sniffing around backs this draft and they didn't, didn't add anybody. And everybody, in, including myself thought, well, they're going to ask James Conner to take a pay cut. No way they make James Conner. They pay James Conner $10 million this year in a rebuild year. They're paying James Conner $10 million. You know, they didn't draft a back. I, I just, I don't think, I, I get it. They're into premium positions. Number one, I don't even know how much it would cost to extend Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor might take a market, a fair market deal at this at this point. Uh, somebody said fourteen million dollars. We'll see. Like we'll 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 see how about much that. Upgrade is Jonathan Taylor over James Conner. Stop! Don't do that. Look, I mean, just just look at the numbers. Oh my God. That that's that's a little disrespect. I love no, James Conner. Let's not let's not do that. Let's not also forget. Uh, you know. The, the rigors of the NFL and, and the toll it takes on, on the running back position. Okay. Do I, mean, I, need pull, do I need to pull up some stats here? I got them okay. right I, in front of me. It's funny you right, say that. Pull them up. Got, pull them up. Yeah. 13 games, James Conner. He had 1,082 yards from scrimmage with, I believe, eight total touchdowns. Right? Okay. Okay. And you look over at Jonathan Taylor, 11 games. He had 1,004 scrimmage yards and he had four total touchdowns. As far okay. as total football, four point five yards per carry for Taylor, four point three for James Conner. So you're okay, giving up draft capital and future guaranteed dollars for a guy that's, you know, last year at least last year. Well, you even said it. It's better. it's you got Jeff Saturday and like a bunch of janitors, Cliff Kingsbury, sir. the Colts last year, and it's like <laughs> Nick Foles is his quarterback, poor guy, and he's like, good hell. I mean, for like I love James Conner. James Conner was hurt last year. I mean, like, and I get it. It was Cliff Kingsbury's, you know, cliche offense. But, I mean, let, let's be real here. 
one one of these two guys was number two in AP MVP voting, and that was Jonathan Taylor in 2021. 1,800 yards, 18 touchdowns. Like, is that the norm? No, that's probably an outlier year, but like, do you I think mean, it's that, finding the end, as far as finding the end zone and James Conner had 18 touchdowns that season too. But that but this this offense over the last two good. seasons, James Conner has 26 total touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor has I believe what is it, 22? I mean, he's been he's been more productive, less drama. You know what? I'm completely out on Taylor. Take me take me out of this conversation. It's over. They need to take their medicine. They're going to roll with James Conner. They're going to rack up. They're going to rack they're, up his mileage. When they're starting s- slappy do Scott's no. tots. And I'm, ju- I'm ju- James Conner is my and old trusty 1997 Toyota Camry. I'm racking up the mileage this season, and then I'm going to get that new new no, okay. in the draft. Okay, I can't bro. wait. Cool. Bo Brock has hitched his wagon to two players this year that have historic injury concerns in Colt McCoy and James Conner. We'll be sitting here in mid-October, and and you've got practice squad-level players trying to run the football and missing blitz pickups for Kyler Murray the week he's back, and they're not hitting the hole, and it's third and long. It's just like, hell, maybe we should have invested in a back. Thank you, AJ. Agent 47. 47. They're not, a, they're not Jonathan Taylor. Away even from after this season, can he not play at 25? I just, I'm confused by that. Unbelievable. It's good Unbelievable. stuff. Thank you for... Uh, we shouldn't have had that conversation, according to uh, no. the Cancel Twitter this show. Cancel this program. Uh, we will never speak on trades involving running backs again. I'm so somehow, sorry. Somehow I was forced into a corner to take James Conner over Jonathan Taylor. feel ill, but... Scrappy dude, that's right. I might, I'll suit up. It'll be week 12, <laughs> and Kyler Murray's running for his life trying to make plays, and they, do, oh, dump it off to this new yeah. player. Number, Get inside the pads, Johnny. Number 43 is 5'6 <laughs> out there. It's me and Deuce Vaughn out there for the Arizona Cardinals. That's the equivalent. I just get lit the hell up, and they're just like, oh, man. You look, you look like Zeke on the final play of the Cowboys season last year. He's yeah. just getting, he's the center on the play. Jonathan Taylor just scored his fifth touchdown of the game, <laughs> and, you know, as a member of uh, the Miami Dolphins or the Chicago Bears. And it's like, oh, yeah, we probably could have used him. Whatever. That's fine. Uh, Okay, we'll talk about Cardinal football here in a second. But first, I don't know if you guys know this or not, college football, it's on its way back, and it's back this weekend. We've waited for it. Our time is now. It has finally arrived. I'm so fired up. And what comes with college football? Uh, Dabbling. Uh, Dabbling on some sports books. How about this from our friends at DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Uh, I'm not going to say our boy Caleb Williams is playing this weekend, but Caleb Williams, <laughs> not sure if you've heard of him, plays San Jose State, so you know, pray for them uh, and, and what Caleb Williams is potentially going to do. I've got a DraftKings pick of the week, Bullbrock, by the way. I still need to make it because the game kicks off in seven minutes, but right now my DraftKings pick of the week The Baltimore Ravens have won 24 straight preseason games. They are a one-point favorite against our Washington Commanders. We get week one. No Lamar Jackson. I will suck it up. I'll swallow the one point, the pick and I will take the Baltimore Ravens to beat the Commanders tonight on the road. What do you think about that? I love it. How's Sam Howell going to perform? How's how's our meaningless game going to go? (laughs) Does this one actually mean something with the Ravens coming in, winning 24 in a row? I don't know, but I feel like... Is this just free money? Am I just like naive to, not to think they're going to win again? I know they have to lose eventually, but do if I'm going to wager a loss for the Baltimore Ravens in the preseason, it would have to be against the team like we saw last week. 
the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. It's not going to be for dirt Sam Hallen company. Like I, I feel pretty good. Baltimore with their coaching staff is going to take care of business. Plus, you know, Eric Bieniemy revenge game, but not so much because I I think Baltimore is going to want to show Eric Bieniemy something. But I want to show you something. It's a call to action. Kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use that promo code. You guessed it, PHNX. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet only at DraftKings with the promo code PHNX. Let's talk about Wink. It's taken over the seltzer game. Of course, seltzers are on fire right now, but instead of alcohol, instead of grandpa's old cough medicine, it's THC. You can dabble in that as well. How high are you going to get is drinking a wink? Just a wink. They're not going to mess around and, and put you on your on your backside. Summer's not a spectator sport, so grab an ice-cold wink and go play. It's only available in select states, including Arizona, so go check it out for yourself. THC to CBD balance, that's exactly what you're looking for. It's that golden ratio. They're going to set you up real nice. It's balanced. It's light. Of course, social. It's going to get you work in the room. You're going to enjoy yourself. Have a great time. And just having a nice, refreshing, flavored Wink seltzer. Also, check out Countdown. Get ready for liftoff with Countdown. It's their uh, it's their sister product as well. They got 2.5 milligram and 5 milligram cans. You can find Wink right here in AZ. Look for Wink at Sunday Goods Dispensaries and then Valley and Botanica Dispensary in Tucson. Go to drinkwink.com. It's the fastest way to find where you can buy their products. Drink, D-R-I-N-K, wink, W-Y-N-K.com. Uh, I'm giving a wink and a thumbs up to the super chat from friend of the program, Z Professor. Ten bucks. So generous. Thank you so much, Z Professor. I'd love to see JT, but we'd have to pay him too much. Totally justifiable. Uh, it doesn't make sense because Hunt is available. If Hunt was off the board, I'd be willing to send a third and a fifth and test the waters. Well, they 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 and a bunch of other teams, I guess, are out on Hunt. Like Hunt doesn't have a team. And Jonathan Taylor would obviously be more expensive, but the upside is immense. Like Jonathan Taylor's 24, Kareem Hunt's almost 30 years old. Kareem Hunt's best football very much behind him. And then there's, you know, concerns about how he'd fit in the locker room. Like Jonathan Taylor, by all accounts, Bull Brock, say what you want about him. Like, great human being, and I think is the kind of player they they want to have. Again, it goes back to our original point. They w- they would want Jonathan Taylor on the team, but what would they have to part with? I think, to Z Professor's point, the money is the root cause of it. If it wasn't the money, if he was locked in, he's making like $7.5 million for the next two years, Like mm-hmm. I, I think it becomes that much more reasonable to suggest. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually rather take that third round pick. I, I And I think the next significant move at running back for the Cardinals is, is playing on Saturdays this fall. I can't wait till we have a, a draft party next year. And it's Friday night and it's mm-hmm. day two. And the, the Cardinals have three threes, by the way. They've got mm-hmm. theirs, Houston and Tennessee's. And all that's left of the running back board is just like Panera Bread University. And you're <laughs> going to have to talk yourself into some scrub. And we're going to be sitting there and saying, well, you might, you might have been able to draft. We don't have James. They cut James Conner, right? Keontae Ingram had a man. Yeah, we don't know. And then it's just like, man, I really got to talk myself into this undersized back as the featured back. Or you could have Jonathan Taylor. Why, mm-hmm. why are you taking out the, the people that came at you on, on Twitter on me? Nobody like, came why, out. Why do you want me? Why do you why are you jumping the DeLorean, gun it to 88, and then taking a shit on my draft party? I, I feel like I have to defend the people who want to have this conversation. I just I'm not gonna let them be disrespected. I, I want to not disrespectful to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Like this team's rebuilding, they're just not in a spot. You don't to, like 24-year-olds? Is a 24-year-old too much for a team that's rebuilding? I don't think this he's not 34. <laughs> he's not a 30-year-old defensive tackle. 
It's a 24 year old back that he's a year away from DiCaprio dumping him. You think, I mean, it's not a long time. I mean, once he hits 25, he's he's over the hill. You, I just am so so sick of this team being soft in between the tackles and and can't muscle people around. And I, about? I, I I am encouraged by the the running back room right now. No, no, no. I'm encouraged by the offensive line, but projecting this run game for the James Conner looked really solid. Do you think James Conner's on this team next year? No, no. But my point is, but it doesn't mean like I mean, who you got to work out a deal with Jonathan Taylor? I mean, he's and I said that that's the biggest. That would be the biggest hurdle. Yeah, I mean, at least Conner is is under contract. There's more of a possibility than. Than Taylor at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, listen, I'm, it's not my hill to die on, but I, I want to be able to, to talk about it. And we've yeah. talked about you're it. You're just going a little too hard. No, I'm not. I'm JT. not. I'm not going hard enough now that you're saying that. <laughs> uh, I like this coming from earlier. And then we're going to get into Isaiah Simmons here in a second. Free matter for the blind. At least Johnny doesn't have to worry about Simmons trying to tackle him now. How about that? Ooh, like that comment there. That's a that's a play on the fact that Isaiah Simmons couldn't tackle anybody Saturday night, Bo. If you need me to help you connect, the I mean, guys. I think coverage was the biggest issue with with Isaiah Simmons, right? Mm, well, in the in the play on the goal line that yeah. he missed. I mean, Jonathan Taylor probably makes that tackle. <laughs> All right, we can transition. Gone too far, we can, folks. We can we can, <laughs> we can transition now. Let's talk about actual cardinal news that is likely to happen. So Jonathan Gannon met with my friend Bo Brock and the rest of the Arizona Cardinal media today before jet setting tomorrow to Minnesota to have joint practices with the Vikings and company. And Bo, I mean, it was asked. You know what yeah, what's going you know on? What with that was? You know what that was? You have an argument with your wife, and you're like, you know, so and so's husband does this. That that's what you just did to me on the. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor across the street <laughs> makes the bed too. He knows how to fold the laundry. Right. Did you see him? He can, fit, he can fold weekend? a fitted sheet. You know, Jonathan Taylor can make that tackle at the goal line. Bo Jonathan Taylor doesn't miss the cutback. Corey Clement. No, he doesn't. He, he does imagine, not. I mean, what would the, the fan base, he would have earned some, some cred if he lit up Steve Bichelle. Right, on he did that the opposite play. of that though. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't do like Sean Taylor in the pro bowl to, the Brian Mormon, the the punter, in in a meaningless game, just completely just destroy him. I, you, look, it's interesting because when we talked to JG today, uh, he he was there wasn't a whole lot of negatives. It, it wasn't as negative as you would have thought from a thirty eight ten loss, regardless if it's the preseason. You know, Isaiah Simmons came up, and you know the one question he, he was asked directly about Isaiah Simmons, and this was how he broke down Simmons' performance on Saturday night. This was Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, I think he feels comfortable with what he's doing. Um, he's got some things he's got to clean up, but uh, I like where he's going right now. So pretty short, right? Not not giving us too much. You know, he, he feels comfortable, right? Uh, as far as he needs to clean some things up. Yes, I think everybody agrees with that. And then there was a question about effort where I felt like maybe – I, I'm not. I wasn't the reporter that asked the question, but you know, I think that that's Isaiah Simmons. When you watch that one play we just discussed, that that's probably what was kind of where this was aimed, and this was the answer that you got from JG. That's one of the things that I look for. You know, are we running and we hitting? And uh, I thought the energy was good. What we have to get cleaned up. I think the difference in that ball game was the details of how we operated um, by certain plays, certain calls, certain techniques. And uh, that's really was the difference in the game. 
So, you know, I think that when he talks technique and, and you can apply it to to Simmons losing leverage, especially when he's in man and he's trying to cover wide receivers, which is we've seen in his career, it just doesn't end up well. It doesn't end up well for a lot of safeties, right? Uh, so yeah, I think that he's he's throwing Simmons in in the entire group of the defensive players of the Arizona Cardinals outside of probably the ones. He's protecting his player, and he should. And that's how he gets respect from everybody in the locker room, including Isaiah Simmons. And hopefully, um, as Chase has changed his <laughs> avatar to be Isaiah Simmons, whiffing, making a business decision, which is just chef's kiss. I love that so much. Listen, I don't have to come up and bury Isaiah Simmons on the show because I think the fan base buried Isaiah Simmons Saturday night. And I think Jonathan Gannon is going to attempt to rebuild Isaiah Simmons' value. We've talked about it off air. We've talked about it on air. It's like Mm -hmm. Isaiah Simmons is not worth very much right now in the open market. We talked about what what could you get for him, right? We're, We're having that conversation every day on Twitter. No one wants to trade for Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons' best course of action, if he wants to be able to have a lengthy NFL career, forget with the Cardinals, but with whomever, he needs to listen to Jonathan Gannon, who's a DB safety savant, and go out and execute. And oh, by the way, he's playing with two great safeties in Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker, who are not as big and not as fast as Isaiah Simmons, but have accomplished a hell of a lot more. It's just, you're in the backfield now. You've got to pick your position. You're chair picking as a free safety. They're, they're letting you do what you want to do. You can't, have, you can't have performances like that. That's embarrassing. And I'm sure he was embarrassed watching the film session with his teammates, and he should, because again... I I know he's not on his second contract. He's a top 10 player paid on this roster right now. He's a top 10 pick on this roster right now. He's a starter and he's, and he plays in a secondary with a, with a couple dogs Mm. and he's out there in the second quarter, you know, not, not looking great and, and not giving effort. It's one thing to, to get cooked by Travis Kelsey week one last year. It's just like, what can you do? And there were a lot of fans giving him the benefit of the doubt when that happened and, and kudos to those people. Like, you can't defend that. You can't defend what we saw Saturday night in the second quarter. And Jonathan Gannon is doing his best to defend his player because it's what's what's in the best interest of his of the team. I'm not gonna sit here and say though, like, like that that's not embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, a lack of effort. I mean, pulling up like that, especially when a guy's going into the end zone, and you could you can tr- at least put you know a body on him. I, I think that absolutely, it's right there for people. It's a smoking gun to in, in a sense, right? But there, there are things at play, and, and I don't want to sit here and be an excuse maker for Isaiah. No, you do. You, are, you very much. Look, do. this is a this is a guy that that is making a position change. That early in that game, he was in the in the true position that he's going to play for this team. You know, in the regular season, and, and you hope that it. You know, no injuries impact his ability to play. You know, the role that he'd asked to play and that the coaching staff obliged and that he's been working on through training camp. But Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, Isaiah Simmons, when those trio, when that trio was on the field, they forced two punts uh, for the, for the Kansas city chiefs. Then Buda Baker, his, his night was over after those two series. And then, you know, I think it was, it was JT and it was Isaiah Simmons manning the safety spots. And you'd see Isaiah kind of move into the slot. He was one-on-one with wide receivers and that looked bad. It looked just like last year, right? Um, so I, I think that there are things at play as far as in preseason ball, especially offensive, defensively, that are more than just like, hey, we need to win this, this play right now. It's, it's, it's an evaluation. And I think that this, this coaching staff was trying to learn a lot about it as far as his players go. But also, I think Isaiah Simmons wasn't necessarily in a position that they want to put him in 
come the regular season. Like he's going to be out there with his dogs, JT and Buddha, and they're going to be the ones that are going to be, you know, pretty much the guys that are tasked with covering and he's going to play that center field role. That's his role. Center field, deep center field for this defense. Hooray. Uh, Eddie in the chat, uh, Isaiah Simmons is doo-doo juice. I'm done. Uh, ben okay. Cork, he needs to play Saturday and play well. I, I think it would be humbling for Simmons to play in the third preseason game when the rest of his teammates are likely sitting. Agent 47, if he didn't show up this week, cut him. Simple as that. We need to move on. Uh, Kyler Wren, Simmons' best position is bench. Um, again, it's he's lost the benefit of the doubt with, I think, a lot of the supporters he had because I think the big caveat, the asterisk was Vance Joseph, Steve Kime, out of position, right? Well, you're you're playing your position now. It's just like, can you cover? Can you cover second and third team receivers for Kansas City when they're known not to have a great receiving core? I mean, like, why does Keytrail Clark look like a better NFL player right now than Isaiah Simmons? And I know it's not apples to oranges, but like, if he if he can't tackle the line of scrimmage, he couldn't fill as an inside linebacker, and he can't cover one on one. Like what you're describing, like that's the only thing he can do is he can play center field. Like mm -hmm. NFL teams are not going to value that on the open market. He's not going to get some big robust contract. Like, yeah, but we think, know that. We know that. I mean, I, I think what they're trying to do is figure out a way to just use where, him for this where, year. I agree with where that. he fits, where he fits, and, and where he can fit this year, and where he can, you know, I, instead of becoming the jack of all trades, master of none. Find a spot he can master, and if it's, can I ask you a, if it's a role that, that is is pretty is relatively insignificant, even if it's a role that's viewed, you know, on the NFL scale, insignificant center field safety, you know, if a team is looking for a guy to fill that, like at least they know, hey, we can get Isaiah Simmons. To where now they're like, hey, we get Isaiah Simmons, but we don't know where he fits. And look, this is the second game under the new coaching staff, like. There, there has to be a little patience. There, there. I mean, the the cut him, bench him. I that's that's like I'm all for getting after a guy for a lack of effort, and and I agree with you on to to that extent. But as far as like, hey, this guy is a lost cause. I I disagree with that because I think we saw some good things in the red and white, I, and I definitely saw some good things when he was working with the first team uh, defense at full strength. Um, so I asked you in the spring if you considered Isaiah Simmons a bust or trending toward a bust. Would you like to? Uh, rehash that and amend your. I mean, I, th uh, I think take that, on that. Well, I mean, what, what's what's your definition of bust? I think there are very. I said at the time there are varying <laughs> levels of bust. Okay. There's Indici bust. There's uh -huh. Matt Liner bust. There's obviously Josh Rosen bust. But then yeah. there's busts that don't get their fifth year option picked up and are not projected to to make big money contracts when they're set into the wild and never live up to their expectation. Okay. That's a bust so, to me. All right, let's. Your tiers are Leinert and Rosen, right? Those are the yeah. top, right? Those are quarterbacks. And, with... and Kimdichie. Put yeah. Kimdichie. Well, Kimdichie was 29th overall. I okay. think that that's tough. I mean, it's, okay. I, I agree. He didn't, he didn't play well. He busted, whatever. Uh, but yeah, there's there's Rosen, there's Leinert. There's huge expectations from a franchise to put on their shoulders, and they they can they fall as short as you possibly can yep. and float. And then you've got like uh, you you've got the Kimdichies and stuff. And I think that's somewhere. I think I think Isaiah is somewhere in the middle. I mean, this is a guy that, if you look at it, statistically, he he was he's fine. He went over 100 tackles. He's had a couple sacks. Had a couple picks. He's had a couple game changing plays. He just never consistently did it. Uh, I just don't think. I, I think he showed that he could play at the NFL level. But as far as being consistent impact maker, like yeah, he busted as far as he, he's not a star. Right. He busts. Okay. He busted <laughs> for the expectations 
that were set coming out of Clemson. He is he is much closer to somebody like oh man, who is the kid that played safety for USC is Taylor something. Taylor Mays. He's yeah. much closer like Taylor Bengals. Mays than he is Derwin James. Way better right? player than Taylor Mays. Okay. Taylor yeah. Mays better value though. Day three pick. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, it's listen, not Isaiah Simmons' fault that Steve Kime tapped the eighth overall pick. He was going to he was going to Jacksonville if the Cardinals didn't take him ninth overall, and C.J. Henderson would have been a Cardinal, or Derek Brown would have been a Cardinal. Unfortunately, Tristan Wirfs is, or C.D. Lamb is not a Cardinal. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. so I've I've you know ripped on Isaiah enough today and this weekend, but it you know I just I'm asking for some accountability. That's all. Just be accountable. Let's you think he's not going to hold him accountable? No, I'm talking about you with your Isaiah Simmons takes. Let's just be accountable, Bo Brown. You just completely like, <laughs> you have so <laughs> many <laughs> fucking qualifiers for your, what's a bust? It's like, if if you don't want a Super Bowl, if you're not hoisting a Lombardi, you're a bust. Somebody in the chat said, if Simmons is a bust, then Kyler Murray's a bust as well. Anthony said that in the chat. Exactly. Anthony, I'm going to respectfully disagree, my guy. Yeah, of course. Are you shocked by that, Anthony? This guy is disagreeing with, with anybody that says otherwise. Kyler Murray, the offensive rookie of the year, went to the playoffs, two Pro Bowls. Simmons, Isaiah Simmons hasn't done that. He went to the playoffs? <laughs> I don't remember him. That's fine. Talk about Colt McCoy. Say something about Colt McCoy. God, just one banger after another on this show. Yeah, so w- once we fired up the press conference today, I was curious, you know, I hadn't heard anything as far as a definitive QB1 week one against the uh, Washington Commanders. Commanders named their QB1. It was it was Sam Howell. And uh, so I asked JG, you know, what's what did you want to see from Colt McCoy this preseason training camp, and, and have, you, have you tabbed him the guy? This is his answer. Yeah, we're, I mean, when we need to name the starters, we'll name the starters, but he's doing a good job. I thought he operated well. Um, I think that uh, he's getting more and more comfortable with what we're asking him to do. He's obviously played a lot of football, but I like where his game's trending. He likes where his game's trending. Now, I'm curious, like, after I asked that question, he says, we're going to name starters, we're going to name starters. I'm Like, if I asked J.G., Hey, is Buda Baker your top safety? If he would even commit to that, and I don't know if he would. That's such a scumbag question, though. I hope nobody asked that. I know you wouldn't ask that. No, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I I don't see this as oh man, like JG is not committing to uh, Colt McCoy as QB one just yet. Uh oh, is the door open for Clayton Toon? Stay tuned. No, no, I'm just. I mean, what do you gather from what he said? I think that Colt McCoy is the starter. And I think it's yeah. in part because Clayton Toon was given a chance to seize the job. He hasn't free matter for the blind. Like I hope Clayton Toon plays this weekend. I hope he plays well, but I, I I'm still very much in the camp, not only with my eyes, but what I've heard behind the scenes of like Clayton Toon could have taken this job from Colt McCoy. Like Colt McCoy was idle. He's been idle this preseason, this training camp. Here I am. I am what I am. I'm 37. I'm not getting better or worse. This is me right here. And mm-hmm. I'm barely going to participate. You can either help yourself or you can be a fifth round. What do you mean player. barely participate? Because well, I, I think that that's a little, that's a polarizing thing to say about. Barely participate that, in, ga- in games. Barely participate. What do you have? Three, three mm-hmm. possessions, four possessions. But he, I mean, does he doesn't get to, he doesn't get to say how much he plays. 
You th- you think they told him you're not going to play more than one possession? That yeah, first I game? mean, JG said as far he's he's maintained like guys have a certain amount of snaps that they want to play. Yeah, and then once they hit that threshold, they're done. And, and of course, you've got uh, you know a 14 year veteran and Colt McCoy, and you got a, a fifth rounder out of out of Houston, a non power five backwards school. though. Because before the preseason started, I'm like, I don't think they they're going to play Colt McCoy at mm-hmm. all. And you told me no, he has to play. He's got to learn the offense. Mm-hmm. Like what I saw from him in four, three or four possessions, no points scored, barely mm-hmm. crossing midfield, four point five yards per completion. Like I, I could have guessed all those things before I watched Colt McCoy <laughs> out there. Everybody knew that that was the end product. So back to my original point, it's like had Clayton Tune gone out there and he hits Greg Dorch in the flat and he has multiple touchdown passes per game he's having the, he's having the kind of preseason our guy DTR do we still have having, that do we have that graphic the, the side by side of those two i posted it on my twitter uh twitter earlier today okay. i don't think we have it still but okay i mean it's fine clayton tunes i think been solid this preseason he's, he's been, been okay solid. yeah he has not been good enough to to overcome like their hesitation to play a fifth rounder and you you broke it down very nicely on our audio only podcast which dropped this morning check that out if you haven't that it would be out of the ordinary against history for a fifth rounder to start week one outside of some huge injury like a Dak Prescott Tony Romo situation right yeah. like that it just doesn't happen but I I I have heard that like they ha- they were open to it they thought Clayton looked good enough like Clayton wants to run with this job shit we'll we'll make it work he just he didn't seize it enough. I don't think he can do anything this weekend to to take hold of it. And like I'm a, like I'm very much of the mindset like I like Clayton Tune. I'm not like Mr. Clayton Tune. I'm Mr. I don't want to see Colt McCoy for five six weeks. That's I'm not into that. Right. I mean I don't think any football fan is like, hey, I want to see you know the old wily veteran with his bag of tricks go in there and and just kind of hold his head in the offense above water. I mean that that's not. That's not why you 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 tune in to watch the game every week. Like you, you want to see somebody that can play the position and, and show off a big arm and get the ball in the playmaker's hands and and make flashy plays and splash plays and and have explosives and you know you don't you don't have a lot of upside as far as Colt McCoy, but what you do have is experience operationally. Sure. He's going to give you your best shot. Yeah, let's take a look at the side by side as far as what they've done this preseason and, and it's tough. I mean, twelve. 12, you know, passes from, from Colt McCoy, nine for 12, 45 yards, four and a half yards per, per completion. It's just, that's, that's not going to like make anybody, you know, go wide eyed and almost fall out of a chair. And then, but then you look at, you know, Clayton Toon, 53 completion percentage, 200 yards. He's got 10.7 yards per completion, way, way higher than, than Colt. But also I think it was a lot more open of, of an offense that Colt McCoy uh, then Colt McCoy is playing. And then the one touchdown to what your point you've maintained is it should be probably three, right? Three of those four yeah. scores. Um, and look, I mean, three touchdowns, five scores. Cause they right. did score on the one drive, but we're, we're, we haven't seen Clayton tune play at a, at a, at like a very high level. Even the, the scoring drives he's had, you know, I, he's been aided by some, some laundry on the field and some flags. He's, sure. You know, he's missed some throws and, you have to be way more efficient than he's been. And if he came out and he was going nine for 13 and he was hitting guys in stride and he was lighting it up, I think you have a, a different conversation. It just hasn't happened. He's a fifth round guy. And, and as I said on the audio only in the last 30 plus years, four rookie quarterbacks drafted outside of the top 100 have made starts in the season opener. Just four. We're going to get 
Yeah, I, I agree mean, with that. And, and most of, and to your point, I mean, as far as like Dak found his way only because of injury, because Tony Romo's back, he couldn't get in there. And Kyle Orton got in there because Rex Grossman. And then I think it was uh, it, Chris Winkie. He wasn't really, he was, he was 97 years old. He was a little bit older than your average, you know, late drought third day three pick. And then Steve Berline for the, for the Raiders in the late eighties. I mean, it's just, there's, there's very little of a president for it. And it, it only happened. I mean, Clayton Toon was the ninth quarterback off the board and, and there are guys ahead of him right now in the preseason that are struggling. And it, it's, it's a, such a tough position to play. And it's more than just the, the physical straights, the arm strength and the escapability. We're going to get one of two things. And I think like if people want to see Clayton Toon, but they also want Kyler Murray to come back, like you're going to get what you want regardless. We're either going to get Colt McCoy starting two to three games, right? Maybe four but hopefully not, and then Kyler Murray comes back. Or Kyler Murray doesn't come off a of PUP, God help us, in about eight days, nine days, and then Colt McCoy is the starter for six weeks, to which I think nobody in this chat, we've got 173 people, to think that's going to happen. We're going to yeah. see Clayton Toon at some point during those six-plus weeks while we await Kyler Murray's return. And that's okay. So, yeah. you're, so again, I, I don't anticipate... If things go south with Kyler's recovery, which we haven't heard is the case, but we'll just play hypothetical. Yeah. And we're projecting Colt McCoy for 17 weeks. Like, that's not going to happen. They're no. going to see if Colt McCoy goes out there and he, A, he struggles or he gets hurt or he looks old, they will put Clayton Tune in games. That's going to, and, and that, that will be six plus months, six plus weeks from now. We'll have all this additional time and practice. And he'll be with the starters and he'll look good and they'll be able to evaluate him. So I, it, it's not something I'm going to get hung up about. What I am frustrated by. And we've been saying this more than any other show, anybody else out there, is why why did they opt to go even have this presented as an option? And I want to talk about what the other options were and are in the NFL in comparison. And do they stack up better? Do other teams backups, Bo Brock, stack up better than Colt McCoy right now in Arizona? You'd be surprised once we show you this list, but you're gonna be surprised by all the deals right now from our friends at Circle K. We're so excited to partner with Circle K. Check out your local Circle K, best coffee, beer, snack selection, premium gas, not a premium price. I ran in the other day. I just filled up. It was uber cheap. And then I went inside, loaded up on my snacks, hanging out with my kids. Their specific Circle K snacks that are non-name brand are even better and they're cheaper and they're great. Grab them now. Also grab yourself a buy one, get one free Polar Pop. Text PHNX to 31310. That's PHNX to 31310. Join the SMS Subscriber Club and uh, check out Circle K wherever you can at circlek.com slash store dash locator, Bo. Yeah, and keep that promo code handy when you go to shadyrays.com as well. Save yourself some money at shadyrays.com. Premium polarized sunglasses for not a premium price. You can save even more money when you use that code PHNX. Go check out all the unbelievable things going on at shadyrays.com. They look like a much more expensive pair of sunglasses for a really, really affordable price, especially when you're saving, when you buy two or more pairs with that promo code PHNX, you get 50% off to, off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars or more, not just by Johnny, not my, by myself and, and producer Damon, but 250,000 people. Go to ShadyRays.com, use that promo code PHNX, save yourself some scratch, we'll get some cool shades. Uh, okay. So tease it in the last segment. Um, 
Colt McCoy, not ideal, right? It's the reality, the deck that we were given as Cardinal fans. But could there have been another ace in the hole earlier this offseason when the Cardinals had some options and they passed? So I want to pose a couple scenarios to my co-host, Bo Brock. Now, he has not seen this, but uh, producer Damon Extraordinaire put together a list with myself on current backups and potentially backup of backups. And I want Bo Brock to answer Colt or backup. Cue it up right now. Let's see the first slide. And it starts with a couple dicey quarterback <laughs> options out in Cleveland. Joshua Dobbs, DTR. Bo Brock, would you rather have Colt McCoy or Joshua Dobbs and or DTR? Uh, I mean, DTR, he's got to be the darling of the preseason, right? I mean, everybody's going crazy about him. Anytime he takes the field, it seems like he's he's making things happen. Joshua Dobbs is, is a tough is a tough guy under 60% passing through two touchdowns through two picks couldn't stop the bleeding for the Tennessee Titans. I you know as much as I like what I've seen from DTR I think I'm passing on both of these guys in favor of Colt McCoy. Wow, how dare you? I disagree with both of those, but we continue on. Gardner Minshew connected to JG spent time in Philadelphia with yeah. him last year has had a really nice preseason sounds like it's out of his control though anthony richardson by default is the starter Bo, would you rather have colt mccoy or gardner Minshew? i'd probably take gardner Minshew, maybe a little bit younger uh version of colt mccoy throw it a little bit can move a little bit uh i just i would err on the side of youth there and, and, and a guy that's been around the block already malik willis was supposedly on the trading block or to potentially be yes. cut by tennessee after they use what a second or a third round pick on him last year he's had a really nice preseason he's running for a bunch of yards he's throwing tutties colt mccoy malik willis to start the season bo yeah i'm out on malik willis i don't think he can be a quarterback at the nfl level wow that was that was a quick one blaine gabbert lit up the cardinals for what seemed like 100 <laughs> touchdowns uh and, and very competent we know what blaine can do in arizona would you rather have blaine gabbert out of kansas city or colt mccoy makes me sick but i i'll say the gab man blaine gabbert I agree with that. I also agree with this. Jacoby Brissett, supposedly people are saying he declined the Cardinals in the offseason. I think that just he declined the Cardinals offer, Bo. He didn't want to come here for less money. Mm -hmm. In hindsight, though, I think both parties would love to have a mulligan. As I'm mm -hmm. seeing in the chat right now, um, Sam Howell just got sacked for a loss in a preseason game. Love seeing that. Jacoby <laughs> Brissett out in Washington. He's a backup. You could use him here. Would you take him or Colt McCoy? I love the impromptu play-by-play. -play. I'll take Jacoby. Like, you know, the same thing with, with Gabbard Minshew. I think they're probably just younger versions of Colt McCoy, quintessential backup guys. Uh, they can hold it down for a couple of weeks. Uh, they just have, I think they're a little bit more durable. Uh, Sam Darnold is not durable, but he looks like he's QB two in San Francisco. Sam Darnold or Colt McCoy? This is a really, really tough one. Uh, he can't stay healthy in his own right. Um, he's fun I'm, though. He, he's a little chaotic. I, I'm going to pass on Darnold, but I think he's in, in, a, in probably the best situation he's been in his career. Uh, and then lastly, Drew Locke for this slide in the NFC West, who's he's been fine as a throw in for Russell Wilson. He's backing up Geno Smith. Would you rather have Drew Locke or Colt McCoy? Colt McCoy. All right. So it looks, I mean, listen, I would take everybody on this list 
besides Drew Locke over over Colt McCoy. I think Josh. Why Dobbs, would you take Malik Willis? What has he shown you? He got Bailey? benched for Josh. They took Josh Dobbs off the street and they benched Malik Willis. How dare you? Uh, I don't have to defend myself. Next slide, please, <laughs> producer Damon. Next up, and we're sticking beginning in the NFC. Andy Dalton, who put up like 400 yards against Vance Joseph last year in a no. loss, would you rather have Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, or Colt McCoy? Give me Colt McCoy. Stop. Stop what? it. Over Andy Dalton? We've watched Andy Dalton suck just hind boob for the last two <laughs> seasons against the Arizona Cardinals. He got worked on Thursday Night Football for the Saints and then wearing a Bears uniform. He got worked by him the previous season and he was wearing a Cowboys uniform. Andy Dalton sucks. No. Pass. Taylor Heineke uh, is, I think, somebody you and I both liked as a backup to Kyler Murray. They didn't pursue him. He's backing up Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Are you down for that? Yeah, I'd take Taylor Heineke. Uh, as would I. Marcus Mariota, Philadelphia, quit on his teammates last year, but still very <laughs> capable. Mariota or Colt McCoy, Bo? I mean, he quit on his teammates. I don't want that guy. Okay, that's fine. Aiden O'Connell, though, yeah, looks like a gem. Uh, right. He's having the kind of preseason that I think we were hoping Clayton Toon would have. Sure. And he's going to back up Jimmy G in Las Vegas. Would you rather have Aiden O'Connell or Colt McCoy? Uh, same. I mean, if if Clayton Toon's not going to beat out Colt McCoy, I'm not going to take somebody in the same draft class. That's, I mean, I think he'd get just as equal of an opportunity not to, I mean, Colt's the guy he's not going to dethrone him. That's fine. Tyler Huntley, uh, <laughs> Baltimore Ravens, uh, who, Probably. I mean, yeah, he's played a lot of games. He has looked pretty average in, in most of them Colt. over Colt McCoy. Okay. Yeah. Zappy do Bailey Zappy, <laughs> New England. Uh, if he's good enough for Bill Belichick, is he good enough for Bo Brock over Colt McCoy? Uh, man, Bailey Zappy. I just, you know what? I probably take Zappy. He's got a little, he's got a live arm. Uh, mm-hmm. I would take Zappy as well. I would also take Mike White. Love a nice Miguel Blanco. Sign me up. Let's go. Yes. Mike White. Now that was like your fastest response. You would probably get him for like a seventh round pick at this point. And lastly, I thought he was the best quarterback for the Jets last year. Now that's like obviously grading on a curve, but and then yeah, sign me up for for Jameis Winston. Absolutely. So um thank you, producer Damon, for putting that together. I think I am probably 80% all of those guys over Colt McCoy. You're probably closer, like 60%, would you say? Sure. 60%. Look, I pissed him off. Pissed him off. He's not happy oh. about doing that. The dog is boy. No, it's fine. Record. Remember the list where they had Colt McCoy as like the 31st ranked backup? And it's just like, yeah. that's what this guy's won football games in the NFL the last two seasons. I mean, some of these guys haven't. Some of these, I mean, some of the guys they had like Malik Willis ahead of them, and that's just downright wrong. I think Colt McCoy is the perfect backup for one game or like a half if your quarterback gets hurt. He can that's play. Your, that's what you want from your backup quarterback. But Colt McCoy, for what the Cardinals are experiencing with a quarterback who's got a torn up knee trying to come back, and people are projecting two, four, six weeks, is not the right guy for that. He's not. It's Jameis or Mike White or Gardner Minshew is the right person for that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Commanders stalled on the six, did not score <laughs> a touchdown. Uh, love that. I mean, this this is. Sam Howell beating Colt McCoy. Would you rather have Sam Howell or Colt McCoy? That's a good question. Uh, we're in, we're going to ask all of you uh, who's getting traded, Kelvin Beecham or Josh Jones, because apparently uh, it's happening. One of those two, according to the national media, is going to be dealt. 
Uh, Cardinals are going to have so many picks, it'll be illegal. And speaking of illegal, <laughs> illegal Pete's is lit because it's patio beer season, folks. I finally stepped outside today, Bull Brock. It was not a thousand degrees in my skin melting. Uh, nice breeze outside. Legal Pete's patio beers, football season. What can be better? Legal Pete's best margs in Arizona, strongest margs. So, you know, drink responsibly. But how about this? Taco bowls, tacos, salads, burritos, nachos. I'm a nacho guy, right? And while I love my nachos here in Arizona, Legal Pete's, they're tough to beat, uh, as is their custom cocktails, their beers, piping hot queso. Legal Pete's is your go-to spot. This football season, stop by. I know I've talked about this before, but it bears repeating this is not a 15-minute happy hour. How about 3 to 8 p.m. every flipping day at all 12 locations? Five hours of a happy hour? Sign me up. It should be illegal. It's not illegal. Pete's the go-to spot for burrito baddies and a beer. 28 <laughs> years. I uh, I came into the office today, and we had an unbelievable illegal Pete's spread, little taco bar. Put myself uh, together a couple of carne tacos, cheese, corn, um, it, guacamole queso crema i mean it was unbelievable uh you missed out on it johnny and Did you save me any no i didn't but okay. you know that sounds about right illegal pizza of course is saving some for everybody out there get in there today get in this this afternoon this evening take advantage of margarita monday also take advantage of becoming a diehard today go to gophnx.com get in on all the great stuff that we have set up for you to join our squad get all the insight get all the content you want yeah you see the greg dorch the new t-shirt release you can make that your free t-shirt for the year uh or you can get these hats that we're wearing the bird gang t-shirt that johnny has on today you can Choose out of the PHNX locker anything you want for your yearly gift. Becoming a diehard today, get that uh, access to the member Discord, and uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna regret it. You're gonna have a fun time, especially during the football season. We're gonna be talking what's going on at practice, the ins and outs, what we're looking as far as depth charts, and of course, uh, what we're looking at as far as the 2024 NFL Draft. Become a Discord member today and get access to all our great events. Go phnx.com, and of course, PHNX Locker. Com. Cardinals punting battle came to an end today, Johnny. Matt Hawk uh, was sent packing. Yeah. Bye. See ya. I'm going to go yeah. with the guy who uh, averaged 53.5 yards per punt, was one of the lone bright spots. Can we look uh, at our – do we have our special teams depth chart on here? I don't think we do. But we had we had Cooney win that one outright on our depth chart on Friday. Of course we did. So I chalk think it up as one-to-one. Yeah. That's – you know, sounds legit. <laughs> um, so punters solidified now. Uh, feel good about that. Prater looked good Saturday. We haven't talked about Banged home a 54-yarder. Special teams, man, could be legit. Of course, we got our guy Greg Dorch returning punts and kicks. We're hoping to talk to Greg later this week about the, the screw job at the goal line, which was egregious, and he should get a big apology from the NFL because he was definitely in. Um, quickly, Bo, new COO for the Arizona Cardinals um, coming over from Miami. This is from Rap Sheet, and then the team yeah. released a statement. Jeremy Walls. COO running the team's business operations. He's a businessman. He previously was with the Dolphins as chief revenue officer. And then our boy Howard Balzer, PHNX Cardinals beat reporter, tweeted out that he was there when they renovated their team facility, $135 million. It is not a, or it is a well known fact that the Tempe facility was graded poorly by the players during the NFL PA grades last spring. Could this be a step in the right direction to? revitalizing that place, renovating it. Yeah, I think with the Dolphins, he held the uh, title of Chief Revenue Officer. So he comes yeah. over here, he's, he's operation uh, operating officer. 
COO, and he has experience in the Valley. I, was, I reached out to a couple buddies and said he started with the Suns and the Diamondbacks, started as an intern for Alvin Adams in the Phoenix Suns organization. So he's got ties to the Valley. Young guy, that practice facility that you mentioned, it features three practice fields, one indoor field, uh, house building totaling 129,000 plus square feet, 60 administrative offices, 209 televisions, 400 TV monitors, 30-foot slide. They literally have a slide instead of stairs. If you want to get from the top to the bottom, you can ride a slide down like your Bernie Brewer after Christian Yelich goes yard. Uh, 48-foot-long lap pool, two hydrotherapy pools, indoor sauna, indoor steam room, cryotherapy rooms, and lots more. So he had his hand in that. So I think there's a lot of you know good things, and it, it – it, it takes away from the day to day as far as what, you know, you would have put in the lap of, of your owner. Yeah. I mean, Cardinals need to remodel their, their Tempe facility. I don't know if they're going to take a wrecking ball to it and make it whatever you just described in Miami. doesn't seem likely, but I mean, like when players have an issue coming to the Arizona Cardinals, cause they're concerned about like the, how their family is going to be treated and the, and the facilities that they're going to be put in and the fact that they don't have one of like two teams, they don't have a daycare. Like that's where you have to start. You have to very much like this team building mantra for Monty Austin for, which I know does not include trading for running backs. You have to take that mentality with revitalizing Tempe's office, right? It's like, mm-hmm. what, what are people doing? Like what's the simplistic check in the boxes? We're not going to go zero to hundred and make it look like Minnesota's overnight, which has the yeah. number one NFL PA grade, but can we, can we be respectable? And I think, the, the best part about this, and you know what I'm going to say, that I love this hire is he does not come from this organization internally. I don't want to yeah. see internal hires and internal promotions. I don't want to enable people. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are good people. We know there are good people within that franchise that maybe have been stalled in their development for whatever reason. But this franchise, to know how to win on and off the field, has to go and, and get people from other organizations to show them how to do it because they, they don't know how to do it, right? Yeah. They clearly don't know. Players told them, this is wrong. This is inadequate. We need better if we're going to compete here. Same thing like Austin Ford's doing with the players. Guys like this gentleman can come in and say, okay, this is what we did in Miami, and the players really responded to it. I think the Dolphins had a really high NFL PA grade for for a reason on how they treated players yeah. and, and their families. So. Yeah, I mean the 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 nightmare of 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 aloof ownership in in front office is like those days are done, right? I mean, yeah. they they had an indoor practice facility that sat dormant for five years because they didn't like the turf. It just sat there, and they finally revamped it. And, and JG can say, you know, they 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 were that was in the works before him and Monty, but they 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 got it going and made sure that it was operational. And they're practicing that every day. They're in that bubble every day because, and it's got the cutting edge turf. It's got the it's cutting edge lights. Hard. I mean, and yeah, it's just, they're just scratching the surface, but it's like, they, it, it was like a high school that was under like renovations for far too long. And they're an NFL franchise. Like there's no more, like this, the scaffolding's going to come down and they're going to start to be up and keep up with the Joneses as far as what you need to have to keep NFL players happy and i know that it's ridiculous to the common guy like you and myself and everybody in the chat like because they're 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 paid millionaires but that's what you have to do to stay competitive i I just there's there's nothing worse for a a a fan base to hear than you don't treat your players right like how can you get excited you want to be able to rep these colors this bird and it's just like well but the players don't want to play here because you make them pay for their food and they don't feel safe in your weight room 
the accommodations aren't great. I'm sure every people have options. I hope all 107 of you in the chat hit that like button, by the way, have options with where you're employed and your employer. And you want to go where you're treated respectfully and, and where people have the best health plans, retirement plans, 401ks, pensions, facilities for you to be able to do your best work. And what we got from the NFLPA was the, you can't do good work here because it's inadequate. Um, well, I just don't so, want to hear about it, right? Like, I don't right. I don't care about their pensions, their 401ks or their facility. Like the less we hear about it, the better. Like just know that it's up to stuff because the only time, like I couldn't tell you who's in the top 10 as far as top facilities, but you sure as shit heard about the teams that were at the bottom, right? Including the Arizona Cardinals. Like is, and another it, team that got a new owner in, in Washington. Yeah, it's it's just it's just like an offensive line. Like if you're talking about it a lot, it's a bad thing. And yeah. like the same thing goes for your facility, facilities. Keep it up, keep it functional, keep it up. You know where it needs to be to keep your players happy, and you're not going to be, you know, the talk of the town for the wrong reasons and the talk of the NFL. Uh, the talk of the Twitter streets right now is as it relates to the Cardinals is their da- tackle uh, depth, Bull Brock. Kelvin Beecham, Josh Jones have, I think, been showcased these first two preseason games. Kelvin Beecham was first to start and replace DJ Humphreys, and it was Josh Jones in the second game. Uh, teams like Buffalo have already like kind of made it clear through their fan base, through their beat reporters, like they need a tackle or multiple. And then I can't find it for the life of me. Somebody tagged us in, a prominent NFL reporter coming out and basically saying that they'd be surprised if Josh Jones was on the Arizona Cardinals He's a, a, oh, here it is. Mike Renner. See, you got this taken care of, Bo Brock. Yeah. No, that's that's our guy, Damon. He's all over this one. Uh, Mike Renner saying, I have no inside info here. This is a good start. But I have to think <laughs> Cardinals offensive tackle Josh Jones is going to be elsewhere week one. Last year, it was rookie deal, not slated to start. He's a minimum starting caliber offensive tackle who's looked great at both right and left tackle this preseason. Um, yeah. I mean, you've you've got a, a vet as far as DJ Humphreys holding down the left side who dealt with a back injury. I, I just don't know. Like I, I've maintained, you know, tackles are like starting pitching in baseball. You just don't give it up just because you have like a surplus because it's inevitable as far as, you know, how tough this game is and how physical it is. You know, the idea that your offensive line is going to stay intact, especially at the tackle position with all those really athletic edge rushers coming at you for all different angles is is a bit naive. And I just think, you know, Ideally, the Arizona Cardinals hold on to Josh Jones and work out a way for him to continue his Cardinals career beyond 2023. Uh, but if he's a guy that presents value and you can get something in return for a guy that's going to exit via free agency next offseason, then sure. But, you know, it's I, I, th- I think that he's a guy that could play, you know, some solid downs for the Cardinals as early as this season. I, I think it'd be foolish to assume DJ Humphreys can make it 17 weeks just in this, this, and the fact that they've moved DJ Humphreys, all of his guaranteed money to this year. And you're kind of suggesting that this is going to be his last year. I mean, is it, is it wrong to think you might have an heir apparent in house? I would think for me as a GM, a fourth or a fifth for Josh Jones or a sixth or a seventh for Kelvin Beecham. That's an easy decision. Yeah. Give me the guy who's got a chance to be at least a placeholder like, think about this. What if they have the second pick and they have the 15th pick, right? And they somehow, through their own will, they win, you know, seven games or picking 15th. They're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. and they let Josh Jones go. And they're thinking to themselves, well, now we have to sign a tackle or we have to have Kelvin Beach and be our tackle, which we don't want to do in 2024. We have to bring DJ Humphreys back. 
I, I think that you could look at Josh Jones in relation to next offseason, how you looked at Kelvin Beecham for this offseason. It's just mm-hmm. like, this is security for us. And I know he's a free agent to be, but you're going to be able to, other people, other teams are going to value Josh Jones. They're already valuing him right now. I'm sure they've gotten calls on him. He is, in, I think, an above average pass protecting tackle, which mm-hmm. is nothing to sneeze at. Does anybody know his grade last year in P- PFF? At tackle last year, does anybody know what he what he graded out? In the seventies, wasn't it? I mean, it was right. Seventy-five, yeah, seventy-six. Do the Cardinals, with their history of offensive linemen, should they be in a position to let go of a a guy in his mid twenties that's producing that, albeit in limited snaps? The offensive line has been, in my opinion, the best part of the preseason thus far. Mm. Yelda Froholt and Will Hernandez have been borderline dominant. They have the highest two PFF grades through two weeks. Froholt, in particular, looks like a freaking WWE wrestler out yeah. there. It, it's fantastic. And then Josh Jones, 53 snaps against the Kansas City Chiefs, 77 rating. And it's like, w- let's just get rid of him. And with a 90 in pass pro. Right. Like, I, you just need to keep him, and you figure it out. And then Kelvin Beecham, respectfully, it's like, he's he's older, right? Why would, why would you bank on, well, let's just have Kelvin Beecham as insurance. First of all, you signed him as insurance so you could draft Paris Johnson, and you succeeded. So that was your coverage. Somebody else is, if somebody's going to give you anything and Kelvin will go to a Buffalo and have a chance to play for a contender, you take that. You take a six round pick from Buffalo and say, thank you so much. Good luck, Kelvin. Thanks for all you've done for this organization. And then Josh Jones immediately becomes a viable swing tackle for a team that could desperately use him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's ideal. But at the same time, you got to, if you, I'm skeptical you could get, you know, something of value for a guy in in Calvin Beecham that you you picked up his his contract which I think was a savvy move by Monty and to your point was probably because you got to have you know something in place before you start to really try to navigate the especially the first round of the draft yeah um you know Paris Johnson was not exactly you know something that was under the radar as far as the NFL draft goes we saw how how quickly tackles ran off the board and he's by far now I think at this point you know the top tackle as far as the draft goes, and it was right to kind of navigate, go go about it that way. But I, I just don't think you know if if Buffalo's staring down you know a trade and they're 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 saying hey who's available as far as your tackles they're gonna pri- they're gonna try to get Jones, and they, I think they would much rather spend for Jones than beat him. You think so? Because Kelvin's the one who's been starting all these games. I mean, you're projecting. They Josh, watch the tape. They, they, I mean, they can just look at his profile and see he's 26. He's, you know, he's a got, guy. Your roster is old though. Like somebody was asking me right. today, like, who could you get when, from Buffalo? There's nothing in Buffalo that would appease. You can't I, look. Right? I mean, it's you can't you can't sell him as a 30 plus year old tackle and say as a rental for a year to help you try to win a Super Bowl. You're, you're, yeah, because you, you're, you're trying. He's the 26 year old guy, and I know that Beach was actually an Iron Man for the Cardinals that last year. He was right. the only offensive lineman in the playoff 17. But uh, I mean, you're going to err on the side of a youth, and I, I, th- I just think that teams are viewing Josh Jones as more of a, of a prove or of a commodity and an asset than, than Beachum. Well, I, I like this comment from from John. I hope they don't let Josh Jones go. Love Beach, but he's not a road grader. And he's long in the tooth. And again, I think Beach should be the exception to what they're doing with a lot of, or excuse me, Jones should be the exception to what they're doing with a lot of these ex-Steve Kime draft picks. It's like, you know, you're not going to commit to guys like Isaiah Simmons and Ramon Moore today, but 
Beecham plays that position in which it's so valuable. We remember what happened once upon a time where this franchise thought Bobby Massey was expendable. And then he goes to Chicago and has a really nice career mm-hmm. in Chicago. And they would have, and he was a fourth round pick, and they would have loved Bobby Massey to come back. Jones, to me, like every time he's put out a tackle, Bo, like he, he looks good. Wasn't Bobby Massey like one of the, probably one of Steve Kemp's best offensive line selections in it? Or was he a Graves he guy? Was Graves last year in no. 2012. Can't even get the credit for that. No, Steve just, I mean, he might, he'll it's go DJ. on every podcast if Josh Jones has a good year and say, yeah, I knew with Josh Jones, he'd be a star. <laughs> he said he had him as a first round grade. You got him in 72nd overall. He was being mocked. Look, Jones that, still has to be more disciplined. He's, he's a, one of the more heavily penalized guys. He was one of those those guys that was the pre-snap stuff. Got to be better. So, uh, But look, Arizona Cardinals, let's keep in mind, the, the entire theme of this conversation is, is where, where they are right now is at the beginning of a rebuild. So we're talking about you know Jonathan Taylor and, no, I want to hold on to Josh Jones. He's not even under contract next year. If you can get assets and you can in future draft capital, I think that you you look at that, you know, you, you take some time and, and evaluate that. Uh, they have 11 picks. Um, and that's with a comp pick for Zach Allen. Speaking of Zach Allen, I was supporting in Zach Allen, Byron Murphy leaving. I don't think I could say the same for, for letting Josh Jones go for basically nothing. Like, yeah, I, you know, if he's gone, I want, at least a fourth round pick for Josh Jones, either as a comp pick or a trade from another team. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Bo doesn't seem convinced. No, that's I, I, it's just like, it's in an exact, it's in an exact thing. Like it's, you come in and you're like, well, how come this guy hasn't been playing the last three years consistently anyway? Like, what are we doing here? And you see the malpractice and it's like, you're, that falls into your lap. It's like Monty Osterfort's trying to figure out, you know, what's how he can maximize Jones. And if it's him sticking around and signing an extension, then it's that. If it's, you know, they don't envision him sticking around and being a tackle, you know, a swing guy or a starting tackle, then you let him go. And if you're going to let him go, why would you just let him go for nothing? And if you can, and trying to figure out like, where does he fall? If he doesn't constitute a, a comp pick, then it's nothing. Uh, I'm going to ask how we can maximize all of you right now. Like this video, <laughs> subscribe to PHNX Cardinals, wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to tell you why. Yes, we're here on YouTube. We appreciate the subscription here on our YouTube page, but also we drop exclusive audio only podcasts talking deets we don't even cover on the show we've got an audio only podcast that dropped this morning we're going to do one as many times during the season dropping them on monday morning so do not miss out on that we want to say a big thank you to our new co-host Britton golden did a phenomenal job on the pre and post game show saturday with myself Saul bookman was in the house bo brock on the post game show live from uh state farm stadium i mean the vibes were elite at the phnx headquarters i know state farm stadium it was a, it was a tough scene against mahomes and company but <laughs> i want to remind everybody your definitive pre and post game show when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals is right here with PHNX Sports and PHNX Cardinals. We will have a pre and post game show this Saturday, early morning, Bo Brock. Little kegs nice. and eggs on yeah. Saturday morning. You make here. me breakfast in studio, uh, Lucky Foto style. Yeah, let's go. I'll make some uh, waffles. You, D Dog, we'll, we'll be hanging out watching some football. 10 a.m. Watching. Uh, who knows who's going to play? I honestly don't. Like, I can't rule out. The starters playing comes Saturday, you would assume, right? But with the new preseason format, like it's kind of different coaches have different philosophies. Colts should be forced to play all four quarters. That's my <laughs> opinion. Uh, 
We're back tomorrow on a Tuesday travel day for the Cardinals. Your bros are staying here in Phoenix. In the meantime, like and subscribe. Also, just a note, programming note, Wednesday, we are going to be live, what, just after noon, right? We're going to be a little early on Wednesday. Uh, the first day that they're going to be gearing up, we want rapid reaction after practice in Minnesota. Hoping to get some sights and some sounds there. Um, and Johnny and I will be a little bit earlier that day, so make sure you join us a little earlier in the afternoon on PHNX Cardinals. Hang out with us on your lunch break. In the meantime, I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock. Running backs need love, too. We'll see you tomorrow.